Thank you for supporting Overcomers Christian Center. From wherever you're listening, we hope that today's message leaves you feeling empowered and equipped. Come back over to 1 Kings chapter 17 and verse 16. I tell you, when you read Genesis 8:22, it kind of reminds you of Dick McCullough, don't it? That powerful testimony he gave. While the earth remains, seed, time, and what? Cold and heat, winter and summer, and day and night shall not cease. Let's go over to 1 Kings chapter 17 and verse 16. 1 Kings chapter 17 and verse 16. It reads as follows. The bin of flour was not used up, nor did the jar of oil run dry. According to the word of the Lord, which he spoke by Elijah. Based on what I just read to you, and it's going to be, we're going to be mostly in 1 Kings this morning, I want to talk to you from this topic, maximizing the moment to sow. Maximizing the moment to sow. To maximize, maximize means to make as large or as great as possible. It is the ability to make the best use of a situation or a circumstance. When I maximize something, I'm going to use my best ability to make the best use of that situation. A moment can be defined as a brief period of time. An example of a moment could be a second, a 45-second pause to stop and look at the trees changing colors in the fall. Another example of a moment can be a historical era, a great, the Great Depression, Great Recession, Civil Rights Movement. Some deem 2021 as the Great Resignation, also known as the Big Quit, in which people have opted to leave their jobs for various reasons. One, to rethink work, to explore different options. Some started their own business, some changed jobs, some moved, and so forth. Whatever the moment, we have to be guided by Scripture. One Scripture is 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse 10. Let's go there. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse 10. The Bible reads as follows. Excuse me. 2 Thessalonians 3 and 10. For even when we were with you, we commanded you this. If anyone will not work, neither shall he eat. Let's go a little further into this. For even when we were with you, we commanded you. Notice his command, his charge, or his order was for us, was this. If anyone would not work, if anyone would not labor, if anyone would not earn wages, neither shall he eat or consume or take up food. Because we like to consume, or we love people who like to consume, or purchase, or buy, and such like, we must also take pleasure in working, laboring, and earning wages. One thing I thought about, sometimes you'll find yourself working, and you wonder, when am I going to buy myself something? You ain't live long enough to that happen to you, praise God. You got to be in a position that when you're working, you say, well, I may, I may take what I got and pay bills and buy things for my children. And that's going to be a season of life. That is going to be a season of life. 
People with a mindset to maximize the moment to sow tend to understand that the more wages that I earn directly or indirectly, the more seed that I have to sow. They, they are not what we may call lazy, slowful people who are looking for ways and reasons not to work. Those are not these people. They are determined, eager, and energetic to learn new things so they become more valuable in what they do as well as work in a way that pleases God. They understand that work can help them to acquire wealth as well as riches. Let's go to Proverbs chapter 10 and verse 4. The book of Proverbs chapter 10 and verse 4. The Bible reads as follows. He who has a slack hand becomes poor, but the hand of the diligent makes rich. Again, he who is slack, he, he who is slowful, he who is idle, he who is lazy, who has a lazy hand becomes poor. They're in want. They have lack. They're needy. But the hand of the diligent, those that are determined, those that are eager, those that are decision maker, makes rich. Rich can be defined as to become wealthy. And the definition we like to use many times is to become productive in every area of our lives. So as believers, we must know our moments. Moments come and moments go. Our goal is not to miss the moments that God has ordained for us. We want to position ourselves in a manner that when God commands us to do a particular thing, that we are ready, we're eager, and we're enthused about doing, and not only doing, we have the faith as well as the resources in order to do it. See, acting, excuse me, active faith brings resources. Active faith brings resources. Immature thinking and actions can cause us to miss moments that were meant to be seed time and thus further missing the harvest. Again, Genesis 8:22. While the earth remains, seed time, seed time can be defined as sowing and harvest. Harvest is a time of reaping. Cold and heat, winter and summer, and day and night shall not cease. We must be open and ready for God to use us in various ways, even when it comes to sowing as well as reaping. At times we may think that we, what we have is not enough, it's not fancy enough, or it may not be received by the person or the organization. But what we have is that we know who God is and he's orchestrating a need for his children to meet the need. For example, the reason that you're doing what you're doing right now is, is that you're meeting a need. You are meeting a need. You are meeting a need. If you were not meeting a need, they would not need you. So you're meeting a need. And if you meet a need, then what happens is you get resources. But this is what you understand. God gives you resources. So in turn, you can be a resource to somewhere else. Oh, y'all missed that. God gives you resources, so in turn, you can be a resource somewhere else. You can be a resource for your home because your home needs food. 
Your home needs lights. Your home needs gas. Your whatever it is that you use to heat or cool your particular abode. Sometimes we like internet in our home. Well, if your home needs it and it costs money to have it, then your resource that you get out there bring you bring it to your home to pay for the internet. Or you can be in a situation where we know God's house needs resources, so God blesses us to bring resources into His house. Everybody see that so far? Now. Some of us own jobs and have businesses because orchestrating, because God orchestrated a need and placed us there to meet the need. Many have been promoted because God orchestrated, he arranged, he organized, and he put together a need and favored us to meet that particular need. You may have thought that you were not qualified and such like, but let me say this to you. I've lived long enough, and I know people that get in positions are not, are not always qualified. You may have thought that you were not qualified in such light, but God did, does not choose us based on our lights or even our natural qualification. He chooses us and qualifies us as well as guides us into helping us meet a need. The question concern will be, are we ready to sow in a manner in someone else's lives so that we can open up more windows and more uh, doors and more windows. Let's go to Malachi chapter 3 and verse 10. The book of Malachi chapter 3 and verse 10. The Bible says this, Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, and try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven, and pour out for you such blessing, there will not be room enough to receive it. Again, bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. And try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open, break forth or loosen up for you the windows or the openings of heaven. And then pour, empty out for you such blessing, such prosperity, and such peace, there will not be room enough to receive it. Thank God for when you, God blesses you to meet, you meet your need, he asks you to meet the church's need as well. As believers want to have the testimony that we maximize every moment that God allowed for us to be in and obey his voice in faith, regardless if it makes sense to our natural reason and understanding. Let me say this to you, walking with God will not make sense all the time. Be, walking by faith and not by sight does not make sense to your natural senses all the time. That's why you're walking by faith and not by sight. That's exactly why you're walking by faith and not by sight. Let me say this to you, and don't take it the wrong way because you should budget your money, but sometimes your budget don't even make sense to you. And you figured it out down to the penny. But when you get down to it, God will tell you, okay, now you figure that out, I want you to give this much away. And your mind like, my budget would be messed up, God. He you know what God would do? He just see what you're going to do. He ain't going to argue with you because it's up to us. We have a choice. We're free moral agents. Every command or order from God uh, may not make sense to us in the natural. But when we obey him in faith, we can reap in ways that our eyes have not seen nor our ears heard. Biblically speaking, we can see that the prophet Elijah had, the, had this encounter with a widow woman 
and her son in 1 Kings that the Lord expected them to maximize the moments. Let's go down over to 1 Kings chapter 17, and we're going to start at verse 1. 1 Kings chapter 17, we're going to start at verse 1. And Elijah the Tishbite of the inhabitants of Gilead said to Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel lives, before whom I stand, there should not be dew nor rain these years except at my word. First of all, Elijah was a prophet of God. Point blank, he was the man. He spoke what God said and he did it with boldness. I appreciate him being who he was at this particular time when we read in 1 Kings 17. So Elijah, whose name means God is Jehovah, the Tishbite of the inhabitants of Gilead, said to Ahab. Now Ahab had a wife. Ahab had a wife named Jezebel. And, and let me say this to you. Ahab all right, but Jezebel was something else. I'll put it to you like that. And as the Lord your God Israel lives before whom, before whom I stand, this is what Elijah said in 1 Kings 17 and 1, there should not be dew nor rain these years except at my word, my speech or my saying. And that did not please well with Jezebel. She was hot. She was wanting to get Elijah. So Elijah, so Elijah said, okay, God, what, what are we going to do? 1 Kings 17, verse 2. This is God's divine protection plan. Then the word of the Lord came to him. Basically, he says, get away. Run. Don't sit there and fight that woman. I didn't tell you to fight her. I didn't tell you to stand up and be bold and a hero. Get away. That's what he told him to do. Because the word, the speech, or the sayings of the Lord. This wasn't Elijah's idea. This was God's idea. This was Jehovah's idea. It came to him. So we understand, first of all, that the Lord gave Elijah specific instructions to obey, and he was expected to act on them quickly. Elijah had to trust the Lord wholeheartedly, and he could not lean to his own understanding. Get away. Get away from here and turn eastward and hide by the brook sheriff, which flows into the Jordan. So he, he got away out of town. God told him to go eastward. And hide by the brook Sheriff, which flows into the Jordan. At that time, this river had water flowing through it. This is important you understand this. At the time when God told him to go, there was water flowing through this particular brook. And then he told him in verse 4, And it will be that you shall drink from the brook, and I have commanded. Interesting terminology. I have commanded... Ravens. Not people. Not a nice person that can cook and, and throw down in the kitchen. I commanded ravens. That's why you can't lean to your own understanding walking with God. Because if not, some of y'all say, I must be dreaming of him. God had just told me a raven get ready to feed me. When I just ran out of town and left my everything I had. You can't lean to your own understanding walking with God. 
Because God just told this man, I've been to send some, I've commanded them. In fact, I've given them orders and I've given them charge to feed you, to sustain you, to support you and nourish you there. All right then, God. It gets even more interesting in my opinion. Then in verse 5, so he went and did according to the word of the Lord, for he went and stayed at the brook sheriff, which flows into the Jordan. So at this time, the brook was flowing. It was flowing. And then notice something else the ravens did. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening, and he drank from the brook. That blew my mind. See, that, see some of y'all, it's, when I first read it, I didn't get it. I didn't. And then I read it again. I still didn't get it. <laughs> then I read it again. I still didn't get it. <laughs> oh, but I got that next time I read it, I saw something. I saw something. You know what I saw? Ravens can't cook bread. <laughs> now, this, this probably made much to y'all. This is a lot to me, okay? This is a lot to me. Ravens can't cook bread. And there's meat there. They're bringing, he's bringing him bread and meat twice a day. Not one time a day, but two times a day. I'm thinking, who in the world is cooking this bread? Now, this might not mean nothing to you. It's probably going to mean nothing to you, but it means a lot to me. I'm going to explain why it means a lot to me. First of all, I'm thinking, okay, God, why in the world are you got the ravens? Where are you getting this bread from? And so, in my mind, Somebody else is cooking the bread, and somebody else is preparing the meat. And two times a day, ravens are coming and getting it and carrying it over to the man of God. Now, this okay. Y'all still ain't quite got it. I'm gonna bring it look, look, a little closer home to us. In our basement, once a week, somebody prepares bags for the elementary students. And a raven carries the bags over to, I'm sorry, a Toyota RAV4 carries the bags over to the elementary school. And nobody sees who prepares the bags. They may or may, or may, may, or may not see the raven on the Toyota RAV4 when it drops the bags off, but they enjoy the benefits that are in that bag. Are y'all following that? Oh, God. I said, well, God. So that means that you made sure that not only did he eat two times a day, you also had somebody to prepare the bread and the meat and then bring it over to him. So I said, God, you must be preparing something for us supernaturally. Because if God can do it for Elijah and do it for him, God's not a respecter of person. You can expect God to supply your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. If you got to send a raven to drop it off at your house. So I say, God, drop off my needs at my house. Drop off my at my house. Drop it off. You can use any means of transportation you want to get into the house, but any way you bless me, Lord, I will be satisfied. Because I'm looking at it, I'm saying, and not only that, he's doing it twice a day. Twice a day. 
And I'm thinking, in my mind, I read and I said, you know, I'm thinking he's bringing bread, he's bringing meat. And in my mind, Raven ain't got no stove. <laughs> See, if you try to figure out what God is doing in your life and trying to figure out how God going to supply your need and trying to figure out how God going to promote you, how, how God going to heal your body, how God going to make you a millionaire, how God going to do all this in your life, you may never can figure it out. Because God is preparing something you can't see. God Almighty. That's why we walk by faith and not by sight. Because you don't know what God is preparing for your life. You're so busy caught up in the, in the meat and the bread, you forget everything that God is doing on the other side. Let me give you one more, another example that's kind of real to all of us in this sanctuary. We help support a mission in Honduras. Now, let me say this to you. We ain't been to Honduras, but a raven carries our seed over to Honduras through electronic deposit. <laughs> and in Honduras, we're blessing people we never seen before, but God, listen, God's not concerned. Good God Almighty. Listen, He said, you do your part and I do my part. Some of us trying to wait for something miracle to happen. God's already got stuff working. You gotta work with him. You gotta work with him. He gonna use that raven to bless him, folks. So I'm saying, God, you got a raven out here somewhere? I ain't mad for raven come bring stuff in my house. I, I, I will. I've been looking at funny if that raven's hanging around my house now, but now I'm kind of looking for one. Is it raving out here, God? Because, you know, <laughs> you start pecking on the window, I'm about to go see what he got out there. <laughs> of course, I have to beat some of y'all out there, and I may not make it, I know. <laughs> y'all follow me, y'all follow me. So I thought first that the main thing to him, okay, the ravens are preparing him some stuff, and he ate twice a day. Twice a day, y'all. That blew my mind. But twice a day is going to be important because we can come back twice a day in a moment. Keep that in mind. We'll go look up. And it happened after a while that the brook dried up because there was no rain in the land. Now, notice the brook dried up, but the ravens kept bringing. <laughs> Did you see that? He never said that the ravens stopped bringing the food. He just said the brook dried up. See, the man of God was still eating. This is important for you to catch. He used to eat two times a day. Two times a day. He's used to eat two times a day. Two times a day. He's used to eat two times a day. And this was not his idea. This was God's idea. Because God was the one who set him up two times a day. It, it wasn't his idea. He was saying, well, because what are you going to do? Ravens, I need for y'all to bring me a, a snack in between these meals right here. It was two times a day. Okay? Now, let's talk a little further about what we just, some things we've seen here. Elijah, okay, the brooks are dried up. So Elijah was living in one season, but it seems it was about to change. Moments come and moments go. We have to maximize our moments to sow. See, Elijah is about to get some new instructions. Let me say this to you. God has spent time sowing into Elijah's life. He has provided for him supernatural provision. Can you imagine Elijah's faith 
where it was at this point by the time he leaves this particular place. He is just, and the Bible doesn't let us know how long it's been, but we do know this. It got to the point that the brook had gotten completely dry. Now, some of y'all from the country know what I'm talking about, but let me explain it to my city folks real quick. That means it did not dry up overnight. That river took its time and dried up. It's still a drought. It flowed for a while. But listen, it got to the point it was muddy. And then it went from mud down to, to a little cake. And after a while, it, it, it got so dry that it was just dried up. So it took time for that river to dry up. All the time, ravens were bringing him bread and meat two times a day. He was still eating. He just couldn't drink. But this is what God told him. Well, I, I go, let me get let me get to that. Let me get let me give you these few points before I get to the next one. Elijah's about to get some new instructions. Instructions and insight that will require him to make some changes and to obey God in a greater way. At times, we get instruction that cause us to change our thinking, our conversations, our actions, and ways of judging matters. And people, because it stretches our faith, because sometimes you can be so reliant on where you are right now that when God get ready to change, you're not ready to change. Anybody see that? God say, I'm, I'm listen, I know you're praying 10 minutes a day. Now I'm going to raise you up to 15 minutes a day. I've been doing good already. I've been eating two times a day. God said, I'm getting ready to go. I'm going to take your offer. I want you to take your offering up to another. Well, God, I was okay. I gave two times a day. I'm ready to take your, this next level up in your life. But I'm, I'm going to change some things. I'm going to change some things in your life. I'm going to change your job situation. I'm going to change your business situation. God is a God. He'll let you go for a certain while. But after a while, he'll change things up. And that, that, this is what he did for Elijah. He changed things up on him. And this is what you need to understand. It's up to us to make the choice to obey. See, Elijah's next instruction is in the place where God tells him to abide or dwell at. Because, well, I'll, tell you, I'll show you in a minute. His instructions and provisions is not at the brook no longer. It was at the brook, but I'm going to show you in a minute where God told him to leave the brook. Do we know our next set of instructions related to healing, related to health, related to seed time and harvest, related to peace and prosperity? Your set of instructions is where your provision is. Your set of instructions is where your provision is. His instructions were first at the brook, but the brook is dried up, but he still got resources. And then at first king, then the word of the Lord came to him. I like this about Elijah. He didn't move till the word came. God, that's good, God. He did not move even though the brook had dried up and he watched it get dry. He literally watched for you. See, folks in the country know exactly what I'm talking about. Because when it don't rain, boy, that, that water, your water soil can get dry. Probably live long until your well went dry. Boy, I'm telling you, that's country living right there, boy. I'm telling you, you learn how to appreciate water when your well go dry. So anyway, he stayed there and the, he watched the brook literally dry up. That means he stayed for a while. 
Because it probably didn't happen on light. It took some time. It depends on how hard it was. Because remember, they're still in the middle of a drought. And so we must be sensitive to the word of the Lord and not allow our word to override his word. That's why you can't arise, lean to your own understanding. But those first line, arise. That means that when he said arise and go, no more birds, ravens, bringing bread and meat twice a day. Because he says, arise and go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, Sidon, and dwell there. See, I have commanded. Notice we started off with a command with the, with the ravens. With the ravens, now he has commanded a widow there to provide for you. So arise, stand up, become powerful, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell or remain and stay and abide there. So when he gets to this place, he is to remain there. He is to abide there. But notice something about this. When God tells him to go, God knows he's going to provide for him when he gets there. You need to know wherever, whenever God gives you instructions, he gives provision in the instruction. He gives provision in the instruction. You may not can read it, but it's in there. What, I'm going to say this for later, let me share this with you now. What good would God tell you to do something, but he don't provide for you the, the means to do it? That's us. That's not God. God, when he tells you to do something, he's going to provide the means, the resources, and everything you're going to need to do something, even though it may not look like it on the outside. Because it may come in the form of a widow woman who's gathering sticks around the gate. Because I'm thinking if there's going to be anything, going to be in a Mercedes BN 900. Bringing out some diamonds and some Rolexes and stuff like that. Because she got plenty to help me just a few little dollars here, there, and the other. But why would God take me to one of the poorest people who had to be in town? Because our vision don't always look like with your natural understanding. <laughs> okay, all right, let me go on. But in that, he said, I've commanded a widow there to provide for you. Now, interesting about it, he didn't ask the widow. Was she okay with it? You know, I, listen, I don't read anywhere where he said, uh, let me go talk to the widow first, and she will she do what I'm asking. He said, no, I've commanded. No, he commanded. He gave her charge. He gave her order for the widow woman to provide for you, to sustain you. I said, it's interesting, because remember now, he's used to eating two times a day. Then what he said? Did he not eat two times a day, and he ate meat and bread? And drink by the water, bro. So when he comes to town, he will be looking to eat. <laughs> I see you, you got to get that because see, sometimes you think God will take you away from what God. Now he he provides you two times a day where you're at now. He'll provide two times for your day when you where he taking you to. <laughs> Glory! <laughs> let me get a look. Let me get let's go a little further than this. So he says, see, I've commanded a charge, given an order for a widow woman, a commission, a widow woman, to, uh, a widow woman, a woman who has lost their spouse there to provide or support or sustain you. Oh, hallelujah. What a, what a powerful text. We don't know how long this woman's husband had been deceased, but we do know that the Lord knew who she was. 
he knew who she was. You know what? A lot of people may not know me, but as long as he knows who I am, I'm going to be all right. Woo! But I'm telling you, you can overlook me. You can say, I don't know who Dobbs is. But as long as God knows who I am. If he ever forget who I am, who cares what the world knows about me? Everybody in the United States of America and the foreign countries on the seven continents can know me. But if God doesn't know me, it is in vain. I want to make sure God knows me. I want to be in his presence so much every day that he said, you know, I know who Dobbs is. In fact, listen, he ought to be surprised when we don't show up for prayer. He ought to be surprised if we're not reading our Bible daily. He ought to be surprised if we're not worshiping. He ought to be surprised if we're not spending time with God in our devotion time. He ought to be surprised if you don't show up to church. He ought to be surprised if you're not giving. It ought to be in such a way that, hold on, what's wrong with Dobbs? He's not giving? Something wrong with this picture. Now, some people don't give and don't even, God don't even move. I said, Lord, I've been trying to get them to be consistent in giving. But some people, when, if they don't give, God is surprised. Because he expects for you, because of who you are, your relationship that you have with him. He says this, we know that the Lord had a plan for us. We know that the Lord has a plan for us that will change our course and cause us to be prepared to our destiny. We may not be aware of the plan as of yet, but sowing the right seed in the proper place can release God's plan for your life. Never think that God does not have a plan for your life. Let me say this to you too, because this, this messed my mind up when I read this, or uh, when I, this thought came to my mind. She could have thought because of her condition that God had forgotten about her. Can you imagine? You just lost your spouse. Now you're gathering. You can't even feed your own son, a mother that really loves her children. And she said, I've got to go and gather sticks so I can just fix him one last meal before we die. See, if you ain't careful, you'll think God has forgotten about you because you're dealing with so much anguish in your mind or in your body or in your finances. Can I be real with you? I have lived long enough to be in a position where I thought God had forgotten about me. I have been in a situation. I have been to the point in my life where I was going through so much. I said, God, everybody else getting blessed. Why not? I try to live right. I try to do right. I try to give God. I try to fast God. I try to give an extra offering God. You forgot about me? I see sinners getting blessed, like, oh, excuse me, getting rich or getting this, that, or the other. And here I am trying to do right. God, you forgot about me. God, I'm trying to live like a holy woman, but you forgot about me, God. I'm trying to live like a holy man, trying not to be a whole mother, but God, you forgot about me. God, this pain in my body is real. You forgot about me, God. God, I'm going through in my mind. I'm sitting up in the middle of the night. I can't sleep because of the anguish. God, you forgot about me. If you ain't live long enough, so you've been in a situation 
when you feel like God's forgotten about you. Everybody around you getting blessed. And yeah, you're doing all right. You ain't doing bad. But it's in a situation where you feel like God forgot about you. Because that thing that you really want, you don't have yet. That thing that you're desiring, and you read scripture, you sold money, you did this, that, and the other, but yet, has he forgotten about me? Has he forgotten about me? I can imagine before the prophet came to town, this woman could have had these thoughts that God had forgotten about him. Because I'm getting ready to, I'm looking for sticks. And it's not a whole bunch of sticks. When I read it, it's just a few sticks. Looking for sticks. And I'm looking for sticks. I'm at the gate looking for sticks. I'm at the gate looking for sticks so I can prepare in my mind. I can prepare one last meal. And probably she won't even eat it herself. She's going to give it to her son. And they're going to sit around and wait to die. God, you forgot about me. God, you forgot about me. Looking for a stick, God, you forgot about me. God, I'm looking for another stick, but God, you forgot about me. Why do I get to the point that the only thing I can do is gather sticks and think about dying? God, you forgot about me. I tried to live right, but God, you forgot about me. God, I try, I've given, but I've given, I've given, God, I've given out of myself, God, I've given my time, I've given my money, I've given my resources, God, you forgot about me. I'm going to gather some sticks. I'm going to gather some sticks. And she gathering sticks, the man of God. Hey! I'm gathering sticks. God forgot about me. Can you imagine the emotional that she's going through? Any, any good mother? I don't think she was a bad mother. I really don't. At least she thought about feeding her son. A bad mother, he... I'm going to tell you right now. The bad mother... Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Let's go on to verse 10. He went to Zarephath, and we came to the gate of the city. Indeed, a widow was there gathering sticks. She was gathering sticks. And called her and said, please bring me a little water, come, that I may drink. Now, my mind went to a certain two places here. One. I'm thinking, if she wasn't halfway godly woman, she might have cussed him out right there. And that would have been the end of that verse. I was thinking here, I was saying, Lord, there were probably some people here at OCC that wouldn't have made verse 11. They would have been so hot, upset, mad. Who are you talking to? That would have been the end of it right there. Or there would been some people that might have said, you know what? I tell you what. Uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. That would have been the end of it. But see, I think her heart was in a good place. I think her heart was in a good place. Because he said to her, and when he came to the gate of the city, indeed, a widow was there gathering or collecting sticks. 
woods or pieces of planks or firewood, and he called her and said, please bring me a little water and a cup that I may drink. Now, she's not even at the house. She's at the gate. I don't know how far her house was from the gate, but she obliged. She obliged. Verse 11, and, she, and as she was going, see, this is why I knew she had a heart to give. As she was going, now, she had access to the water. But this next thing he asked her to do, which is to bring, listen, he asked her for a certain offering, water. She had that. That wasn't a problem to give. But this next offering he's asking her for is something that's going to challenge her. This is going to challenge her in her belief and in her giving. And he says, bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. Because I'm used to eating, two, this is my, my thinking, I'm used to eating two times a day. <laughs> Y'all see it? I'm used to eating two times a day. I'm used to ravens bringing me meat and bread two times a day. Hey, God is not going to stop the supply because of what I see. He's not going to stop the supply because you're gathering sticks. He's using you to take his thing to a new level. But do you have the faith to rise to that level? Do you, listen, sometimes we can ask you for an extra offering, and I know it's difficult for you to give. But don't think that God don't know what you got. Don't think that God did not know. See, God knew this widow woman and had a conversation about her before the man of God got to town. And sometimes God will have a conversation with somebody who's ministering the offering about you before they even come up here. Good God Almighty. See, Dick had a conversation with God before y'all he got here. And you know who it was about? It was about you. <laughs> Woo! Glory! The man of God, Elijah, had a conversation about the widow woman, about her, before he even invited her to the conversation. She got that. Dave had a conversation with God about you before he even got up here. And he said, listen, let's go to first sentence. <laughs> Glory! You know what I love about God? God knows me better than I know myself. He knew this widow woman better than he, she knew herself. He said, and, and this is what you gotta understand. I knew she, when I looked at her, I said, why he choose her? Because her heart, when you read this text, was in giving. Let me show you what I'm talking about. Her heart was in giving. I, I, I've kind of left my notes a little bit, but y'all follow me so far? All right, here we go. And as she was going, he said, bring me a morsel of bread, verse 11. Let's go to verse 12. So she said, as the Lord God lives, I do not have bread, only a handful of flour in a bin. <laughs> Woo! Hallelujah. In a bin. And a little oil in a jar. And see, I'm gathering a couple of sticks. Two sticks. Two sticks. Mm. That I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son, that we may eat it and die. My God. And Elijah said to her, do not fear. I understand, Elijah. Because sometimes when you're giving, boy, it, fear can mess with you. Fear can mess with you. You're like, I am. Woo. They're asking for $50. Woo. I ain't got but 52. I didn't know I had 50. 
That can mess with you. Because in your mind, how am I going to survive on $2? And God says, <laughs> you got to look past that. You got to look past that. And I know, I know uh, giving can be challenging sometimes, yo. I would not lie to you. I've been, I've been challenged. I've been lying to you. Since I've been a pastor, and they say, give X number of dollars. And all the pastors around me are standing up, and I have to stand with them. And I can't be getting no fake money because they'll call me on the carpet on it neither. That money got to be real. What I mean by real? It got to clear the bank. That's real money, y'all. But see, real money requires me to sometimes go transfer money over to this account. Y'all don't show y'all about that. Y'all don't know about that. Let me tell y'all about me. Transfer money over to the account so it turned that check a clear. But then God would show up something and do something marvelous in my life. And I said, okay, God, you were right. That's when you hear the instructions of God. That's when you hear what he's telling you to do. Remember, provision is in the old instruction. When he said do it, he said that's provision. That's provision. Then he goes on in verse 13, do not fear. I understand you, you're afraid there. Uh, but this is what he said to her, go and do. And this is what God tells us to do, go and do. The seed is no good if you don't plant it. Some of y'all from the country know exactly what I'm talking about. I don't care how good that seed, that would be the prettiest seed in the world. I mean, that seed can be pretty, y'all, pretty seed. But if that seed don't hit no ground and no water on it and no sunlight on it, that seed will not grow. And this is what we need to do. Go and do. But make me a small cake for it first, because I'm used to eating two times a day. And afterward, make for your for yourself and your son. And <laughs> woo. Maximizing the moment is going to cry you to result to so. That requires maturity and selflessness. Verse 14. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, the bed of flowers shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. And remember now, they're still in the middle of a drought. Because that river, didn't that river dry up a little while ago? That river dried up, and he said, listen, you ain't going to run. It's going to, you finna prosper in a drought. Oh, my God. If you follow these instructions, because no, she didn't have to, but if she followed them, she was not just invoking a, a morsel of bread, but she was actually invoking the command of God. And when she invoked the command of God, supernatural provision was going to take place in her life. Supernatural. That's why you read the scripture like in verse 14. The bin of flowers shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. And that means it was going to keep on running. And I'm sure in her mind, she said, it, it ain't got to rain for me. <laughs> Glory! Because I got supernatural provision going on in my life. When you follow the instructions of God, you will have supernatural provision in your life. When you maximize the moment to sow, you can look for supernatural vision. Because if God did it for them, he's going to do it for us. Watch what happened. So she went and did. 
She went and worked it. She went and produced it. She went and prepared it and acted on it according to the word of Elijah. And she, the widow woman, and he, Elijah, and her household, the son, ate or consumed food for many days. Now, you know what I saw in this right here? Not only did she eat, Elijah eat twice a day, she ate twice a day. Her son ate twice a day. Everybody eating twice a day. (laughs) Woo! Glory be to God. Not only that, he said for many days, many days, everybody eating twice a day now. (laughs) She went from about to gather some sticks, Prepare a, a morsel of bread and, and for her and her son to die to eat two times a day. Now, two times a day, that's what I get, okay? Now, you may say, well, they ate, they ate five times a day. But I don't know, whatever they ate. Elijah was eating two times a day before he got there. And God said, I ain't finna change your diet. Oh, y'all missed that day. Y'all missed that day. I ain't finna change your diet. I, I'm finna, finna eat this two times a day. Two times a day, you can eat. I'm okay, God. So what he did, he provided. But notice though, the, the instructions provided the provision. If she wouldn't have followed the instructions, the provision wouldn't have been there. But she did it according to the word of the Lord. And notice this, she ate for many days. Now in my mind, Elijah was eating two times a day before he got there. He didn't change nothing. Oh, y'all missed it. Well, you got to get that. His first meal was the first thing she prepared. And I imagine after that meal and flour got there, she went every time she went there, the stuff kept overflowing. She just kept, hey amen, kept on preparing. They ate good then. Hey, in the middle of a drought, they were prospering. Good God Almighty. In the middle of a pandemic, they are prospering. In the middle of poverty, they prospered. In the middle of whatever they in, they are prospering. Will you maximize the opportunity to sow? It don't matter the outside condition. It matters about what you believe in God for. Are y'all seeing the text? All right, let me go to this last couple of scriptures. We're going to close it out. Last one, I should say. The bin of flour was not used up, nor, I'm born to verse 16. 1 Kings 17, 16. The bin of flour was not used up. It didn't. It wasn't complete or wasn't exhausted. Nor did the oil, excuse me, did the oil run dry according to the word and utterance of the Lord, which he spoke by Elijah. I believe the more that we hear and do, hear and do, everybody say hear and do, regarding giving according to the word of the Lord, we are better able to maximize the moment when it comes to seed, time, and harvest. See, when God puts seed, time, and harvest on your life, and remember, it was in the instructions, you can expect supernatural provision for your life. Amen? Stand easy. Thank you so much for listening to today's message. Please subscribe to our podcast. And if you're ever in the Villarica area, you can visit us at 3193 South Van Wert Road in Villarica, Georgia on Sunday mornings at 10 and Wednesday evenings at 7. You can also reach us at 770-459-6221. That's 770-459-OCC1. Follow us on Facebook at Overcomers Christian Center and visit us online at occvr.org. We pray that you're empowered and equipped in today's world.